You dig it. How's everybody doing tonight? Good to see everybody. A nice crowd today. I'm nervous now. Amen. Good to see everybody. Um, so, uh, oh, first, just um, just wanted to just give a little, um, like a little testimony of kind of what God did leading up to this point for me and my family, because um, I'm sure God's going to do the same thing for some of you guys later on in the future. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, just coming out of college or going to college or if you're retiring. I've heard people get called to uh, serve God in a greater capacity at every age of life. So don't think you're counted out or, uh, well, you know, I'm over the hill. I can only do this. Not so. Not so. So just be sensitive to whatever the Lord would have you to do. So... um, this actually goes back a little ways, probably, what, about maybe nine months ago, give or take, maybe even a year. Um, Pastor Phil met with uh, me and my wife, Courtney, and said that, he said, I believe that God is, is calling your family uh, out, you know, in terms of just somewhere else beside the church. Not in a bad way or anything like that. He says, I just feel like God has another place for you at some point. So I don't know where that is or what that is, but that's just what I feel like God's doing. And we kind of agreed, you know, my wife and I, the same thing. And he just asked that we would be in prayer um, to uh, equip ourselves during that time and to ready ourselves. Um, you know, one thing, I don't know if, if he uh, realized it or if he just didn't say it, but one part of uh, preparing is uh, battles, you know, a lot of battles during that time. Uh, when, when God has a calling on your life and you begin to um, transition to that, that's, what I believe, where the devil can really try to uh, dissuade you from whatever it is that you're doing. Anytime, anything in life. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 50 push-ups a day. Well, first day is going to be the toughest. The second day, you know what I mean? Going to go on a diet. I'm going to read my Bible, whatever. Every, anytime you have something that's new and different that's a change, it's tough to get acclimated to it. Um, so, but we started to prepare and we began to pray and just, uh, just kind of see what God would do. And then if you guys remember, um, what was it, about two months ago? Almost two months. Yeah, middle of April, um, I preached the message here. And uh, I was touching on some things that, that God was, was doing in my life and was allowing me to go through. And at that time, I wasn't really thinking about... Um, the conversation of uh, God calling us somewhere else. There was no time frame on it or, um, you know, anything. There was just, it was nothing. It was just, um, not nothing, but it was just a prompting from God to prepare for whatever that might be. And so a couple months ago, you know, things just started getting uh, different. I'll put it that way. It was just different. You know, things in life started kind of, doors started closing in my face, if you will. Uh, Work started, like, drying up almost completely, but through that all, God still provided no matter what. You know, he always provided what we needed. He'll, he would just just bring things, bring business my way, but overall, it was much different than before. It wasn't, uh, you know, prosperous like I had seen it before. It was drastically different, um, and then just other things, other ways that the devil was attacking, but check this out. So, it was about two months ago. Um, that another church had a need arise and they started praying for a family. And my family kept coming to this person's mind. 
Now they know us, they've already known us, so they sort of, it would come to their mind and they would sort of brush it off like, well, you know, maybe I'm thinking about them because I know them, and they would just kind of disregard it. But it kind of like kept getting prompted, getting prompted, the Brock family, the Brock family. And eventually, it got to the point where that person called Pastor Phil and said, you know, hey, I know this sounds weird, I don't want to be this, like, you know, person asking to take people away or anything, but, you know, the Brock family keeps coming to my heart, the Lord keeps bringing my heart, blah, 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 and Pastor Phil said, well, you know what, it's funny that you said that because um, God's already kind of shown us all that. So, and then during that time period was when the devil was really coming at us, but I just wanted to kind of give you that little testimony. There could be somebody that's praying for you right now, or there could be something that God knows is going to take place. Maybe the devil knows too. And the hardest times of your life can end up being those transitional times to something that you would have never imagined. Like if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have never, I would have never thought that, that something like that was going to happen. Um, at that time, you know what I mean? But that's just how, that's how the Lord works. I just want to get that testimony, maybe just like clear up, maybe there was some confusion or something or uh, anything at all like that. You know, if you have any questions, but I, you know, it's, Lord put it to me like this. It wasn't a Brock family thing. It wasn't a Pastor Phil thing. It wasn't a, another church thing. It wasn't anybody else's idea but God's. And you know, when you wait on the Lord he will give you a clear calling. And the Bible says that the, the callings of the Lord are without repentance, meaning you don't have to turn from those things when it's, when it's the calling of God. When it's truly his calling, it's, it's clear. There's no sticking a square peg into a round hole. It just makes sense because God orchestrates it that way because he's not the author of confusion, the Bible says. So, but with that, let's, uh, let's hop into the message here. Man, my voice just, I'm going to blame the sound system for that. We're still fixing it. I'm not uh, <laughs> a teenager. <laughs> let's turn to, uh, to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verses uh, 18. Now, I did get saved in 2008, and it's 2022, so I'm, spiritually, I'm a teenager. So, 14 years. Yeah. Amen. I got one amen. All right. So we go to Matthew chapter 8. Sword drill. Sorry. Okay. And then we're going to start in verse uh, 18. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. And we're going to read a little ways. We're going to read up to verse 27. The Bible says, Now when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man, he was talking about himself, hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. So this was another disciple that wanted to go with Christ, wherever it was Christ was going. But he said, suffer me to first go and bury my father. Now I heard people say in that time, um, you know, you'd have to bury your father to get their inheritance. I don't know. I'm not like a 
big history guy. I mean, maybe the guy just wanted to bury his father. P pretty reasonable, right? Um, but if you see here, Christ, his response to him was, was pretty direct. Um, and another one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So there were some that followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, great storm, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, Lord, we come to you today in desperate need of many things, all of us, Father. Um, if we all wrote down everything that we had need of, Lord, um, there'd be a big stack. Anything, everything we had one of, there'd be so many prayer requests, Lord. Um, Lord, we're, we are needy people, um, all of us. Um, Lord, I'm up here and I'm needy. Uh, Father, uh, I'm here asking that you uh, set me aside. And Lord, I ask that you set aside um, any of my thoughts, Lord, my words, and I pray that uh, you lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone, uh, Lord, tonight in this place. Please, Lord, join with us. Um, Lord, uh, it's Wednesday night. A lot of people here have been working hard. They've had long weeks, uh, schoolwork, um, wrapping up. Lord, many different things, Father. Uh, Lord, but I just pray that you just calm us down, Lord, tonight, and you settle us, settle our hearts and our minds, and Lord, let us hear something special from you tonight. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you so much for saving us, Lord, for those of us who were saved, uh, Father, for those of us who have been born again, Lord, uh, and Lord, we thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. Thank you for the promise of heaven after this life. Uh, Lord, um, we're, we're here for you, Lord. Help us to be fruitful. Um, in this barren world, Lord, we are the light. Um, there is nothing else, uh, Lord, that can be offered to this world that will give them a way out of uh, their sin, Lord, and out of their, uh, their fate, which is hell, Lord, except for the gospel. Uh, Lord, no money, no cheaper gasoline. Um, Lord, no uh, cheaper food. Um, it, it, on down the line, Lord, everything that people seek after in this world, it, has, it, it is... Uh, pales in comparison to eternal life. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for eternal life. Thank you for saving me. I don't have to go to hell, Lord. I'm thankful for that. I'll forever be thankful for that, Lord. Uh, help us, Lord, to be fired up, Lord. Maybe uh, some of us have forgotten, Lord, how good it is to know that we're not going to die and go to hell one day, Lord. So I pray you fire us up today, Lord. Um, use this message in a great way if possible. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the beginning of the passage, Jesus, he, uh, he, he was presenting the disciples with some challenges. You know, he was giving them some hard pushback. You know, the first guy he talked to, uh, he's like, look, man, like, uh, I don't have a place to lay my head. Christ didn't have an address. Nowhere in the Bible. It was a place where he was born in a manger, uh, but 
apart from that, he had no steady home. Um, he had no comfort in this world. Uh, he did that for us, though, thank God. You know, the next man came to him, and, you know, he had some plans in his life, and he just lost his father. Um, you know, life had really turned upside down for him. Maybe that was his only um, source of uh, financial fallback. I don't know what the situation was, but Christ said to him, he said, follow me. You know, Christ gave him some, some tough challenges, you know, and he kind of weeded out some people who maybe were, um, in his mind, not really dedicated to whatever it was that God had for him. Uh, but even though, even still, there were still a lot of people that followed him. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Um, but, you know, the beginning of the passage is really kind of a call to, to follow God and to obey him, realizing that God will always provide. Our mindset is to survive. God's mindset is for us to spiritually thrive. You know, and that's, and that's always going to be the struggle with us because we're flesh, because we're flesh and blood. We're always going to think to ourselves, whoa, is God going to forget about me? Um, is he not going to come through and take care of this thing, this trial, this challenge, this bill? It's, it's who we are, and it's, it's unfortunately uh, what we are up against with this flesh. But the Bible says that we, if we can sow to the Spirit, that we can strengthen our spirit and overcome those desires of our flesh. It'll always still be there, um, but it's like, what dog are you feeding? You know, what dog are you feeding? Depending on what, whatever dog you're feeding, that's the dog that's going to be strong. That's the dog that's going to give you the most attention, right? So just think about what it is that you're feeding in this life. Psalm 23, the Bible says, let's, let's actually read the whole thing. We read it at the uh, memorial service on uh, Saturday. It's a powerful, powerful passage. The Bible says in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a place before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, you notice the beginning of that. It starts out, uh, you know, God's almost taking like full-time care of us, which he does anyway, but it's a simple time. I shall not want. He lies you down in the green pastures. He leads you besides the still waters. And then as the passage goes on, then God kind of gives you some meatier things to handle. Then you start talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death and being equipped for that and having a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. You know, that indicates, uh, you know, being able to have a joyful life and being able to prosper in the midst of wickedness. Didn't just say he feeds you in the presence of your enemies, it prepares a table. 
for the world to see. It's an interesting passage. It's powerful. It's powerful. There's, there's so much there. Um, I mean, it's, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible piece that we've read so many times, I think sometimes we forget the power of the Word of God and what some of these words really, really mean. But, uh, you know, we got to get out of our bubble. You know, sometimes it's nice to be in a green pasture. It's nice to be beside still waters. But you know what? God wants us, I think, to do a little bit more than just the beginning of that passage. He wants to take us through some, some meteor things. Let's turn our Bible to Matthew chapter 5. And pray with me, too, as I preach. Um, you know, I feel like I'm being a little bit, little bit hindered for some reason, but that's okay. Because we have God. Amen. If God be for us, who could be against us? Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. The Bible says that Bible says that for if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? You know, what that's saying is, like, you know, if you love people that love you, I mean, that's not hard to do, right? You love people that you can relate to. I mean, that's, that's uh, how we naturally are. But we got to start getting out of our bubble, out of our, our small worlds, um, our comfort zone. Not to say there's anything wrong with having a, a simple world, anything like that, but sometimes God causes us to step out of that out of that bubble, out of that comfort zone, out of whatever our routine is. Um, you know, as for me, I like my bubble. I do. I like my bubble. I like living across the street from the church. Low commute, no gas to get here. Thank God for that. <laughs> but don't feel bad. I, I do burn a lot of gas during the week, so I'm more than make up for it with a lot of driving. But, um, you know, listen, I don't want to have a new life. I don't want to have a new life. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't want to really, besides people that come to this church, I don't really want to meet new people, if I'm honest. I mean, I'm just being real. Um, I don't want a new place to live. I hate moving. I hate packing. I probably have boxes in my house from when I moved four years ago. <laughs> Who likes moving? Nobody. I don't, I, don't, I don't like any of that stuff, you know? I don't, whoever they are, I don't like them already. But uh, I love you guys. But thank God for this verse, this passage. This helps me uh, to realize, well, well, Justin, what good is that? If you just love what's in your comfort zone, um, how good can you be to me? Um, how far can I send you? Um, how much are you willing to give up in terms of your comfort for my sake? You know, so often in this world, we concern ourselves with things that uh, don't really matter um, that don't have any bearing on eternity, but we treat them like it's eternity. It's very strange. That's how, I mean, I'm talking about myself. But the things of eternity we push aside and we act as if it's not eternity. We got to get out of that bubble. Like almost like close your eyes and then like you can actually see what's going on. Pray, ask God to open your eyes, spiritually speaking, 
and see what it is that um, is before you. See what battles are being fought all around you. See why it is that your life's being turned upside down. Get a hold of God. You know, through everything and, and just, uh, you know, work and stuff, I, I got a new position and, you know, my uh, employer told me they were going to pay me this amount. They were going to pay me X amount every week. And then the, they pay me the first week. And then the second week came and he's like, I'll pay you the next week and I'll just pay you every other week. And I got to the point where I said, Lord, I said, with everything that's been going on, I went up to him and I just patted him on his shoulder. And I said, that'll be fine. <laughs> I said, thank you. Why? Because my mind, Lord's trying to detach my mind from what I think is important. Because what I think is important is not important. What God thinks is important is important. And it's difficult to unplug from our flesh, from who we are, from what we think, our common sense. Because we're just people, you know? When you get hungry, you eat, Right? When your bank account's low, you're like, well, what do I do? It's, it's how we are. It's our flesh and blood matters that we, that we deal with. But we got to get out of our comfort bubble. Let's turn a, a couple pages ahead to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to read from 35 to 38. Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the harvest, into his harvest. You know, I wrote this down. Christ served with rigor, right? He was rigorous with his service um, while he was on this world. Um, he did it. As a person, he, he laid out an amazing example as a man uh, for us to try to, as men and women, to try to uh, follow as best as we can. But, I mean, he was the perfect example of a Christian. He was also deeply affected seeing what he said, what he called uh, people that were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He's talking about lost people. Lost people. He had compassion on them. Do we have compassion on the lost when we go throughout this world? When we're driving and there's that person in front of us and they're slow? Do we stop for a minute and say, I wonder if they're lost. I wonder if they're spiritually lost, not just lost because they're driving slow. And I, wonder if I wonder if they're lost. I wonder if that person's going to go to hell one day. Uh, you know, and just as you walk through this world, um, you know, I try to make it a point. Uh, if I'm going to go somewhere, like if I, I do these um, container inspections as a part-time job, and I try to make sure I have enough tracks for like almost everybody I bump into. You know, and I know after a while it's like, oh, he's the guy, that, the crazy guy that's handing out tracks. But that's probably only a few people that think that. Most people probably think, man, like that guy's doing something to try to make a difference. Hey, put something in my hand about the Bible. You know, he's giving me something different from the TV, from the news, from all the garbage, from all the darkness. It's different. But regardless of what people think about you, don't worry about that. 
What do you care? Do you care, again, it goes back to this mindset that we have where we're unplugged from eternity. Do we care about what the world thinks of us or do we care about what Christ thinks of us? You know, and when, if we're all honest, if we do our best to try to care about what Christ thinks of us, we're going to feel uncomfortable. Even knowing that those things don't matter, handing a tract to a stranger they'll never see again, it still feels uncomfortable, right? Right, Destiny? You know, some student in school, it's like, ah, knowing that, what's it going to do anyway? Because it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for our flesh to do that. Um, but we just got to keep doing it. Keep going. Keep handing out those tracks. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep telling people about Christ. Keep trying to find a way to uh, get the word of God in any conversation with someone. Because keep in mind, these are the law. Like, don't talk about the eagles. Who cares? Talk about Christ. Talk about the Lord. Talk about their soul. Ask them where they're going to Hey, I got a question. I know it's summertime. You're probably planning a vacation. You ever think about where you're going to go when you die? You know? Just ask them. They'll tell you. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you. You know, and it's a, uh, it's, it's a, much, uh, a much more, uh, what's the word, substantial conversation than just all this surface stuff that makes life easier for us to just float through. The investment of, of Christ, of his own life, was, was clearly seen. It was clearly displayed. The investment of Christ's life was people, was souls. He had compassion on the lost. His desire was to see people get saved. He didn't see people as just people and get out of my way and, you know, means to an end or a boss that hopefully will give me a promotion if I smile and I, you know, I tie my shoes and I show up at 9 o'clock on the dot. He's seen people as people, as souls that need to be saved, as people that need to give their life to Christ, give their life to him. Let's turn to one more passage. We've got two more passages here. Matthew 28. Let me watch my time. Matthew 28. Verse 18, Matthew 28, verse 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The commandment of the Lord, it's very clear in Scripture, what God has us to do. Go ye into all the world. Go ye. Well, what does that mean? Do I have to go to Antarctica? No. Go anywhere, and there's lost people. Go anywhere, and there's people. Go anywhere, and someone needs to hear about the Lord. I, I gave a guy a track earlier today. It was the choice. And he was like, amen, thanks so much. He says, I'm a, he says, I'm a Christian. I'm a saved Christian. Thank you. And I said, well, hold on. Let me switch. And I gave him, uh, it's called the letter, which is for saved Christians mainly. He's like, perfect. I'll take that. He's like, that's the one that I need. Thank you. Listen, there's people, there's Christians that need to get something in their hand and hear a word about God and get something to spark them up. Find people and just go ye. Go and, and just preach the gospel. Go ye into your family. Go ye into your workplace. Go ye into the Dunkin' Donuts that you go to every week, and maybe you're nervous for them to know that you're a Christian. Go ye into your friends, your fa- whoever the case may be, just go ye. That's what God's calling you to do. Go ye and just proclaim his name. Share with this world what it is that Christ did for you, okay? It's a lot harder to practice all the world with those that are closest with you. 
Sometimes the hardest people to witness to is your neighbors. It took me, I don't know, maybe like a year to preach to my neighbor. Maybe two. Now, I mean, I gave them tracks and stuff. But after a while, the Lord was like, don't just give them tracks. They need to hear about Christ. Sometimes we think we get off the hook by giving people a person a track. And that's good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. That's good. But when there's, sometimes there's people in our life where God says, open your mouth. I'll help you say what you need to say. Don't worry about how it goes. I'll, I'll take care of it. Tell them about how you got saved. Go ye into all the world. We're going to flip ahead just a little bit to the book of John. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. So we're in Matthew. So we're going to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 5. And we'll start in verse 1. Bible says this, and there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up in Jerusalem. Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. So it's this big pool of water that was built in this, I guess, in this town. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. Wow. There is a great multitude that's waiting for the moving of the water. Okay? We went back, we'll go back a couple chapters. There were those men in the boat who were going through a storm. And they went and they said, Jesus, wake up, wake up. We're about to perish. The boat, the boat's going to sink. And, you know, Christ, he, he rebuked them. And he said, like, where's your faith at? And the Bible says that he just stilled the storm. But then in this passage, the disturbed water brought about blessings. Going back to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. But then you fast forward, and it wasn't the still waters that made change. It was those disturbed waters. It was those churned up waters. Now, maybe we should wake up in the boat or wake up Jesus in the boat and ask him to stir up the water. Jesus, it's too calm. Give us some waves. Give us a little bit of turbulence. Give us a fight that's worth fighting for. Who here wants to go through life and never get in a fight? Maybe more like as a little kid, you know? Everybody wants to fight like a little bit, you know what I mean? But like, who wants to go through life and, and just be uncontroversial? Just be... Oh, that's Bob, you know? That's steady Bob. He's steady. You know what I mean? Who wants, like, really? Do you really want that? Maybe you think you do, but do you really want your tombstone to say he was steady Bob? Right? No. I, I, me, I like a little bit of fight. Like a little bit, you know? I like, I like a little bit of, 
Um, stir. You know, I like peace, I like calm, but listen, there's a war going on for the souls of men. Um, right now, as we're sitting here, there's people that one by one are dying and going to hell for an eternity. And that's the cold reality, but that is the reality. And, you know, sometimes I used to think to myself when I would uh, be getting beat up by the devil or, you know, just be in a spiritual battle, I used to kind of think to myself, man, like, at least I was, like, engaging something and taking its attention off of something else, you know? So I guess that's a good thing, right? I mean, it's, if it's messing with me, it's not messing with something else. That's how I used to think. At least I was doing something, stirring up some water. You know, because we could focus on the issues of this life and all the things that we struggle with and everything that goes against us and food skyrocketing, gas skyrocketing, peace, safety, and security is done. People are waiting for stuff to explode, shootings. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's not obvious. As of this year, as of last year, year before, last few years, seems like everything's spiraling out of control in this world. But, you know, if we focus on those things, oh, uh, elections coming up in November, all that stuff is really just carnality. It's things that are focused on our flesh and blood matters. You know, God's hand, he, he actually, he guides all of those different affairs and issues. Um, he allows those things to happen. He does. He's trying to get this world to um, notice him. And if we step back and realize that, instead of seeing all the problems, we start to see opportunities. Opportunities to stir the water. Stir the water of people's hearts. Stir the waters up. You know, that passage in Matthew that we open with, I'll close with that. Uh, we'll turn back to Matthew 28. I'm sorry, Matthew 8. And we read, we read a chunk of it before we're just going to read a part of it. We'll start in verse 25, Matthew 8, verse 25. Bible says, And his disciples came to him when they were in the boat, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? What manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea... Obey him. You know, I started thinking about those men. I said, man, you know what? Just the way that the Lord responded. I think the Lord wanted them to go through the storm. You look at the Apostle Paul later on in the New Testament. Bible says he was shipwrecked a few times. He literally let the boat just sink. And supernaturally, God just lifted him up. I don't know how. Uh, but the Bible kind of says, it says that he died. You know, the Bible says he was called up in the third heaven, all these different things. But Paul let that thing sink. He didn't care. You know, a lot of times, a lot of these men, a lot of us, we focus on our own issues. You know, they, they didn't want to pay taxes to Caesar. You know, they were feisty about it. And Christ said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, how would they have reacted if they let that boat sink? If they say, you know what, God is God, he's on the boat. If he's bringing this thing down, how bad could it be? Maybe I'm going to, it would be like an aquarium tour. I don't know. 
You know, he's God. I often think about that. Their mindset was a little bit different from Paul's. They didn't want to even pay taxes. And Christ was like, don't worry about that stuff. The apostle Paul had a burden to go to the house of Caesar and win the house of Caesar, Caesar and his family to the Lord Jesus Christ. His mindset was different. He didn't see things the way we see things. We don't have flesh and blood opponents in this world. We have spiritual opponents far worse. And if you just read down one more verse, the Bible says in verse 28, and when he was coming to the other country, other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. You know, those men, they wanted peace and calm in the storm. They wanted smooth sailing. Maybe they wanted to go fishing. But right after, the next verse, they ended up in a place with devils. And their names weren't mentioned as having any impact on casting out those devils, but Christ was. And then you look at the Apostle Paul, who did cast out devils. My point is, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about um, what it is that you could give up, what you could lose, um, what it is that uh, you need to hold on to, or, well, i got to look out for my family. I am looking out for my family by looking at God first, and you need to too. And whatever that means for you is whatever that means for you. Whatever God has you to do, you be that. I don't care what it is. Whether you uh, work a full-time job, uh, whether you work uh, in a church full-time, whether you are retired, whether you got grandkids to take care of, I'm looking at you, Brother Paul. <laughs> Whatever it is, do a hardly is under the Lord and, and put God first in it and seek God in it and watch what he does. It's not going to be boring. I got so many stories, so many things that God has done. I mean, I have things I've forgotten that are amazing, and it's sad. But I'm just telling you, just put him first and watch what he does. He will take regular people, and he will do something remarkable with you. Look at the Apostle Paul. He was a regular guy. But he said, God, do whatever you got to do with me. And through that, he had no limit to what he was able to do. And none of us have a limit either, except how we limit ourselves. We feel the boat shaking. Oh, whoa, whoa. Help. Let's stir the waters up a little bit. Start the waters. Grab some tracks. Go hand them out. Go to Rita's hand out a track tonight. Do something crazy. Do something different. Uh, whatever the case may be, just stir up your life. Don't be stagnant. Uh, let God stir you up. Uh, go wake up Jesus in the boat and say, God, you know, it's boring out here. Get, get, get some stuff going. Get some stuff moving. Wake him up. Read your Bible. Uh, get next to him. Get close to him. And watch what he does in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, um, Lord, uh, thank you so much for uh, your word. Um, Father, uh, I pray that um, this message was a help to someone. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, it stirred up something in somebody. Uh, Lord, and uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've done. Thank you for um, loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Um, help us to be sensitive to the spiritual need, Lord. It's great. Um, Lord, there's, there are so many opportunities, Lord, a world full of uh, people that are lost and hurting, Lord. 
Lord, we can see them get saved, Lord, and we can see them uh, have, have a new heart. Lord, get rid of those stony hearts that people are walking around with, Lord. I work with a man today. He wouldn't say one word to me for four hours, uh, Lord, and he had the biggest frown on his face. Lord, why? Why? Lord, why, why should people live like this, Father? Lord, when we have Christ, we have everything. Uh, Lord, we have the answer. We have the cure. Uh, Lord, we have the cure for all things through this word, through your, through your blood, Lord, that you shed on Calvary. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand. I think uh, we need some stirring up tonight. Amen. Come down to the altar and pray. Ask God to stir up your life, stir up your heart again for the Lord Jesus Christ. Start telling others about the Lord. We all get off on the right path. We get onto the wrong path very easily. But one thing about God, one good thing, is that he always takes us back. He helps us get up. He helps us get moving again. greatest opportunity you'll ever have in your life is just to be a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said even if you give a cup of water in his name to one of his disciples, it'll be blessed. The simple things. A stirring up. Lord, stir my heart again. Fire me up. We all get cold. Lord, fire me up. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for thinking about myself and living for myself. Help me to live for you. Increase my faith. We could see this church filled up every pew, lives changed, people saved. Who's going to do it? We are. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already sent us. We just need to go. See, I can't. I, I mess up too much. Don't look at yourself. Look at Christ. He doesn't mess up. He doesn't get weak. He never fails. We go in his name, not our name. We go in his strength, not ours. We go. Go ye. All power is given unto Christ. Not us. All power is given unto me, he said. All he in heaven and in earth. And he sends us and he'll be with us. So we got to tap into his power. He'll be with us. That's what the song is right here. I'll be with you, with you, all the way. Let's pray. Ask God's blessing on those pretzels and that water ice. Amen. How many have been thinking about that the whole time? They didn't hear Justin preach one word. Amen. A lot of hands right there. Sorry about that, Brother Justin. Uh, but praise God. Amen. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on the food. And uh, remember, uh, Saturday, 
uh, is outreach at 11 o'clock. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for that wonderful message. Thank you for your word. Lord, there's only one thing in this world that reaches down to the deepest parts of our soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. There's only one thing, Lord, and that's your word. There's nothing, Lord, that can replace it. It's alive and it's powerful. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, uh, Lord, for the spirit of God, Lord, that indwells the believer, that enlightens us in your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would walk in the spirit this week and help us not to fulfill the lusts of our flesh. I pray, oh God, that you would uh, just strengthen everybody in this room tonight and in this church and bless, Lord, uh, Gospel Light Baptist Church in a mighty way. Lord, I pray we'll take the word of God with us and Lord, let it not return void. I pray that we'll preach the gospel to every creature which is under heaven. Thank you for uh, that great message. I pray you stir us up, stir our hearts, O Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray you bless the pretzels and the waters. Thank you for those who got it. And uh, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. We're going to have that. I need uh, some guys to go down and grab a table, put it outside. And uh, welcome, Ray. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Amen. We're going to have pretzels and water ice outside.